Hello and welcome all to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host Taylor Reeves alongside my other co-host here today, Jacob Dupree, aka Commissioner. JD, how you doing today, buddy? I recently woke up. I am okay. I'm struggling, but I'm awake and I'm here and I'm ready to talk some football. Yep, nothing better than a little bit of podcast recording on a Saturday with a nice cup of joe. And then also a nice cup of uh, aqua to keep the throat. I mean, I, I had an apple and I have water, so what more can you ask for? We promote health and nutrition on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. While also talking about cakes constantly, so I'm more interested in that. Yeah, we um, when you're on, you know, when you're on uh, regiment meal plans, talking about the things you can't eat is kind of 98% of what I do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like living in South Texas and asking for a snowstorm once a year, for, like on Christmas, like it's wishful thinking. That's that's the extent of it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. All righty. Well, let's uh, get into the news section here for a little bit. Okay, so there was a dynasty trade this morning that I saw. Oh, wait, from yesterday that I saw. I did which, it again. Um, you, you did it again. You're involved in it once again. It's not for lack of trying on my end. I want to point that out there. I mean, I just I have the I have the right ways to you know, slither my way through conversations and stuff like that. But apparently so. Um, because you made a uh, trade with Casey here. So you received Austin Eckler and his second round 208. Oh, 208 for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the 12 in the OG league. And then Casey received uh, James Conner and the first, uh, the number four overall pick in the rookie draft here in a few weeks. And uh, it's kind of split right now based on the, uh, the conversation. So it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think that's a good trade on your part. Um, I'm curious to see what Casey's wanting to pick up with the fourth overall pick here. Well, I, I think because with me, like I looked at it and I've been trying to get this trade done since he put Eckler on the trade block. Like I was pushing for Tyree kill as well, but it's kind of one of those things that like Austin Eckler had the easier buy price. And for me with losing cam Akers, like I know that I am pushing for a title this year and probably next year. Then, yeah. then after that, I'm restarting. Right. So Austin Eckler, I mean, he's a 26 year old running back, but he's, probably going to be a top 10 guy this year if he stays on the field right so that was kind of my thought and with Casey I mean he can start that rebuild process by drafting whoever he wants with the 104 and he can just kind of go that route but I still have the 103 which hopefully will still be Jamar Chase (laughs) just saying yeah no I yeah no uh, I mean I'll, I'll be honest I've been trying to make trades with Casey I tried to trade for Waller and Hill. I was like, I, I need to go for it. I have Tom Brady as my number one QB right now. The team is, you know, kind of a mix right now. And I don't want to end up in playoff purgatory where I'm just like the essential, the Chicago bears where I'm <laughs> eight and eight or, you know, nine and eight every year going into the playoffs. I don't, I don't like the idea of that. I'm very much of the same mindset of you. Either you're trying to win a championship or you're rebuilding. There is no yep. such thing as in between. Yeah, because like I know, and I know with my team, like for instance, like we can get just real quick here. Like the average age of my roster is probably right at about 24 and a half, 25 and a half. Yeah. So it's not like they're old, but like my stars is what's old because Dalvin Cook is 26. Yeah. Now Eckler is 26. Calvin Ridley is 26. He's wide receiver. So that's still pretty young. But then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is 29. So I know that my players' elite production windows are getting smaller and smaller. And like, I know in this season, if I have like 
you know, two people go down to season enders or two more people go down to season enders since RIP Cam Akers. But if that happens, I'm probably going to sell and just try to do a fast rebuild and see how many first round picks and how many young, ta- how much young talent I can get for what I have. Okay, Daryl Morey, um, a little, saying. a little bit of uh, what's his name? Shit, I can't remember the the GM for the Thunder. Oh, um, that guy. Yeah, who? Christy? You know, no, I don't know. It'll come to me. But anyway, so the GM for the Thunder, you know, they have. I read an article somewhere. It was like they have the next thirty-two out of. No, I think it was. They have thirty-five out of the next. Oh crap. They have 35, yeah, like 32 or 35 first round picks through like 2025. Yeah, it's it's absurd. For I think it was first and yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's it's ridiculous. Regardless, that's like averaging five picks uh per round, which for those of you that don't know out there, the NBA draft is only two rounds. So the fact that he has accumulated this much just draft capital, it's insane. insane. I, I will model my team after his if everything goes to pot. And, um, yeah, so, uh, moving in, uh, I have another topic here. I waited to, cause I, I did the solo <laughs> podcast and I was like, Nope, I'm not going to talk about this. It was, it was hot fire a couple of days ago. So, oh. uh, without further ado, uh, I will say the word and you, you just, my, you I'm going to take let my victory lap. All right. I'm going to take Three, my victory lap. Two, one, Tebow. He got cut. I'm right. You're wrong. He's not going to be a top 12 quarter quarterback tight end. And I'm not going to eat a shoe. So in your face and in Kelton's face, and Look, here's my GI thing. tract is thankful for it. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, I will not regret the fact that I had brought up that topic because I knew it was going to cause a little bit of buzz. Sometimes in the month of May, you need to figure out topics to talk about. Um, and I agree with some people. It's just kind of like, He's a great human being. It's cool that he was like on a team again, just kind of get some action there. I don't know what Urban Meyer is doing. Did you see he was talking about that the QB competition is may go through the end of preseason? Like, Urban, what do you do? These are grown men. They can see what's going on. Like Gardner know. isn't an idiot. He's probably like working on a Bush Light commercial right now. Not really like, yeah, I can be the second string QB. There's nothing wrong with that. Chase Daniel has literally become a millionaire because of that. Hopping teams uh, as the the premier backup. Yeah. Him and Chad Henney. I don't yeah, know how real. those two stay in the league, but it's just like, don't screw up and yeah, for real. And don't act like, you know, that, that you're going to become the starter. So no, stay they, somewhere they, in between. Whenever they're free agents, they show highlights of them holding a clipboard. Like, look at how good to hold that clipboard. That clipboard is not going anywhere. Okay. All right. You see me throw that. You see me throw the starter a freaking towel when he comes off. That pass was on point. Hit him right in the numbers. Right. His uh, his his uh, portfolio. He sends. He's like, okay, uh, Coach Reed. Um, so here's my Excel spreadsheet of the breakdown of the uh, eight to fifteen yard throws, and then the uh, deep passes uh, plus twenty. There, I think Patty can work on the uh, the outer deep throws on the left and the right <laughs> end. Um, the middle seems to be okay there with a cheat in the middle. But I mean, but honestly. Backup quarterbacks like that typically make pretty good coaches in the NFL because they've been around, they've seen a lot, they've studied a lot, they know like they know what they've seen. They've seen the NFL unfold for the past like what ten years now. Yeah, no, he's so, he's been in yeah, there a while. Yeah, they've stuck around, so I mean they have knowledge of the game from both an offensive and defensive perspective. So I mean I wouldn't be shocked if one of those guys gets a shot at a coach at being a coach one day because I mean what do you have to lose? If he's like 
an assistant offensive coordinator or like the passing game coordinator for a team. Right. I mean, that's how you start, but I think it, I think it's cool. Yeah. Jason Garrett was like a prime prime example of mm-hmm. that, you know, being a backup QB, um, Doug Peterson, you know, he won a super bowl. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's definitely possible. Frank Reich right now with the Colts. I mean, I mean, Dan Campbell was a tight end. Does that count? He does. And he eats kneecaps for breakfast. Yeah. No, his, uh, two large Vinties, two I saw picture shots in each. Saw a picture of him the last time he played in the NFL. He had his first kneecap on his necklace. It was amazing. Ah, uh, yes. The days of when the OC was like the top show and everyone was yep. wearing Puka shell necklaces. He was wearing a kneecap yep. necklaces. all righty so uh there was an ankle in in injury that occurred in preseason on friday night jacob do you want to take this one yeah uh, clyde edwards alaire had an (coughs) interior ankle injury and you know a lot of times those would take a little bit longer to recover from i mean this is like we're in football season injuries are going to happen Mm-hmm. The fact that it happened for CEH in preseason is the best case scenario because, I mean, if he misses four weeks, he's probably missing one, maybe two regular season games. And so for all your fantasy lineups, like you're like, whatever I can, if you can't sustain one or two losses, you're not going to win anyway. So you need to sell everyone and move on. But I think it's just interesting because I saw in my reading this morning that they're kind of already kicking the tires on a couple of vets to add just in case it lingers or just in case it's something horrible, but I mean, we haven't seen anything new come out. And so that's just kind of the freshest and the most fantasy relevant take because uh, the backup Daryl Williams came in and I think I saw he had eight carries for 42 yards in the game last night. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And and like, that's nothing to scoff at. And so you kind of look, look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, if Andy Reid sees that, he sees that Clyde Edwards is already hurt. Why are we going to give him, you know, 15, 20 touches a game whenever we have Daryl Williams who can shoulder you know, 50% of the workload or 40% of the workload or whatever. So I wouldn't say it's like a downgrade for his fantasy or his dynasty outlook just yet, but I think it's something to kind of keep an eye on. on, Yeah. Hey, so uh, before we go to a quick commercial break, I just want to let you know, you can get a Tim Tebow uh, Jaguars t-shirt for 15 bucks on fanatics right now. I just might get it for you. Just as like a consolation gift for me getting Jamar Chase and Tim Tebow getting cut. Listen, listen, I will throw this out there. He had three drops in the preseason game last night, okay? That made me a little worried, but not, not worried enough. No, no, and we'll talk more about that in our main topic today. Because I have Jamar Chase on my my, my team, Taylor. Bruce, you and I, we're, we're definitely going to need to get that beer whenever this our uh, the Stranger Danger Dynasty League gets together. Uh, we what? have some stuff to talk about. It's going to be great whenever I have him in the OG League, too. That's right. Mind games. Dayton, please take him. If you're listening to this, please, please take Jamar. I know you want Najee. Just take Jamar. <laughs> oh God. But yeah. So the Tebow jersey is already sold out. So that's a that's a cool little novelty for for people out there. Uh, I bet you that's going to be like a, a hot signing item or whatever trading thing. Trading thing. Who knows? So my my question to you is, Jacob, is because I know that's been a conversation that people have been talking about. I was like. You know, what was this whole experience? Why did Urban sign him in the first place? Is it just, you know, a pal doing stuff here? Or, you know, what what is the situation on that? Do you see Tebow? Do you think that was the last image we're going to see of Tebow in the NFL is him getting blown up on blocks? 
It should be as a player. It should be like, I hope he finds success like in, you know, the broadcasting booth. Cause I think he does a like a really good job for college football. Right. I really, really appreciated his looks and his takes on a lot of things because he made like, he made sense of it from a Heisman winning player standpoint. He's like, okay, I see this, what's going on behind the scenes, like what's happening in the locker room where I see this in the huddle. Right. I see this play developing just kind of all that fun stuff. So I kind of liked it. It's like a very, watered down version of Tony Romo calling out plays from the broadcasting booth. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, I also think he needs to kind of go the, the Vince young route being the ambassador ambassador of like Florida um, yeah. and, and being like, Hey, you know, this is the place to come, especially with the sec expanding. They're going to need him. I was reading reports, you know, they're looking at signing RG three. Like, I think it'd be cool if they did like a, with them getting that Saturday mid game, maybe get him and RG three in the booth, you know, uh, That'd be cool. d- doing games. Yeah. Doing the game of the week for the sec. Um, speaking of college football, and then we'll go to, go to commercial break. Did you see that the other three conferences are aligning? They're forming an alliance. The first time I saw that, I instantly <clears throat> thought of the office and Dwight walking over to Jim. They must form an alliance. <laughs> <laughs> Like, seriously, it's, a, it's That's like exactly what happened because they're basically looking at like, they're going to be amazing. So why can't like, can we t- have conversations? Like I, I need, I need to have a friend with me. Next thing you know, they're, you're going to see like the Mac and, you know, the ACC going to come up and they're going to say, oh my God, accounting has an alliance. We need to form one too. <laughs> next, next, next week we'll see. Uh, so the Mac, the uh, Mountain West, and the AAC, and the Conference USA, and the Sun Belt have formed an alliance. <laughs> what is this? World War Two? Oh, it's so good to be in August. We got football back soon, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Yay! Hello, and welcome back. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, here is the main topic. This is our last and final divisional breakdown. Jacob, did you ever think we would get here? No, but I'm glad that we are. (laughs) Yes, it has been a long and tough road breaking down every single team uh, in the NFL, but we're here. All right, let's get into it with the last four teams for the AFC North. And this is a saucy division. Like, I'm happy this one's the last one because this one, like, I genuinely see by the end of the year, if you told me that any of these four teams like won the division, I wouldn't be as shocked as typical. Oh yeah, absolutely not. No, I completely agree with that. Uh, Especially if everyone's stays relatively healthy and to just kind of point out, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before, but we definitely feel like the NFC West and the AFC North uh, are the two most competitive divisions in the NFL. They're stacked. Both of them. It's, 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 it's absurd. Um, and, you know, you had three teams make the playoffs last year. Uh, so to recap, so Pittsburgh won the division at 12 and four. For those of you that uh, don't remember, you know, Pittsburgh started out 11 and 11 and 0. Yeah. Juju is on the TikTok, dance on everyone's logos. It's great. Chase Claypool caught, you know, four touchdowns was his breakout game. And you have Deontay Johnson out there. And Big Ben looks like he's on his way to being a dark horse for the MVP, him and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That's why I traded for James Conner after freaking week five. And then all of a sudden it all went to crap for James Conner. Yeah. Conner got hurt. and Broke my heart. Yeah, and uh, December came, and they went one and three, limping into the playoffs, saying garbage about, uh, you know, the Browns are the same old Browns. Yeah. It was like they they put up a 50 spot against the Steelers, okay? 
It was like, that's it crazy. Was insane. It was a fun game to watch. Not gonna lie. Um, just because I I hate the Steelers from a Cowboys perspective, but also because I got to rep my boy Baker. There's my uh, the OU rant uh, for Ooh. the day. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, it, it's okay. We get it. You still have Jamar Chase and you hate Lamar. All right, yeah, I do. Moving on. <laughs> so Baltimore finished eleven and five. Uh, along with Cleveland, uh, 11 and five. And if you remember, they had that terrific Monday night football game, Lamar and Baker going at it, Nick Chubb gashing everybody. You had Dobbins up the middle. Uh, it was a fun game and it's going to be interesting to see what happens this next year. Um, so, you know, the way the division, you know, you have a team that goes 12 and four and then your second and third place teams in the division go 11 and five. So I think that really sets up an interesting circumstances for this year, because for those of you that don't know, the way that the division is set up for the next year is where you finish is that is you're going to be playing other similar uh, place teams. So if you finish third, you're going to be playing other similar third place teams. Uh, And so that's the reason you have all the flips and the turnover in the NFL, except for Tom Brady. Death taxes, Tom Brady. (laughs) Yeah, that never changes. Yeah. So you have that, and then you had the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow. He was terrific there for the first half of the year, looking like uh, he has the potential to be a franchise star QB for the Cincinnati Bengals. But then, you know, he tore his ACL, and so the uh, the Bengals ended up oh, living no. to – Hold on. It was the ACL, it was the MCL, it was the LCL. That was a nasty knee tear. Yeah, and at his age, he's not getting any younger. I mean, he was already an old rookie to begin with. Yeah, but he's only 23. He's I mean, 24 now. Okay, whatever. He'll be fine. <laughs> to put this into per- perspective, Sam Darnold has been in the league three years, and he's just mm-hmm. now 23. And that's why I'm still a massive Sam Darnold fan. Just saying, move on. We're on the AFC North. Me too, me too. Um, so, you know, they finished 4-11-1. They had the fifth overall pick. They selected Jamar Chase. Yeah, they did. Woo! So, um, Jacob, my question to you before we get into some of the additions and subtractions and notable rookies, do you feel like, do you feel confident in Zach Taylor being the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals? I think that this, I think so, because based off of what we saw last year, like when he had Joe Burrow and, and when Joe was there, I mean, even with that atrocious offensive line, they were starting to compete. They were looking dangerous. They were starting to actually look like a you know competent NFL franchise. And so I, I think that this is going to be one of the tests that says like, okay, is Zach Taylor going to be a head coach that's going to stick on this team for a little bit, or are they looking for a new one in a couple of years? Yeah. And, you know, with Joe, he are, he had 400 attempts in only 10 games. He had two 2,688 passing yards uh, with 13 touchdowns and five interceptions. He also ran for 142 yards on 37 attempts. Hey, that's, which, that's right. There's good. That's, that's good. That, that shows he's sneaky fast. Not, not of the level of like a uh, Josh Allen or a Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but yeah, especially with the knee and how reports are coming out, he doesn't feel confident in it still at this moment, which is completely understandable. If my, my knee, you know, went through a shredder and yeah. I come back in eight months and it's like, how do you feel confident on it? I'm like, no, no. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I have a pinched nerve that I'm still recovering from on mm-hmm. my right. Like I don't feel confident and it's been 18 months. So no. I can't even imagine someone that's had actual surgery for something where basically a defensive end or whoever it may have been on the defensive side completely rip his leg in half. Yeah, yeah like it's completely it's, understandable. It's one of those things that's like I installed a light in my kitchen and if someone asked me my confidence it's not going to like fall off the ceiling or start a fire. No, not really, but it's there. It's it's safe, I think. 
And and whether people realize it or not, no matter what level of football you're playing, you're you're going into getting into a car crash every single play. And and every people play. forget that. <laughs> yep. Every every time. All righty. So moving into some notable add and subtraction. So, you know, there was that big debate uh, last year, uh, sorry, uh, at the draft this year regarding who do they take at number five for the Cincinnati Bengals? Do they take an offensive tackle or do they pair him up with his buddy? Well, clearly Joe Burrow won out. He got his buddy Jamar Chase, but uh, the Bengals were smart. They signed Riley Reef to a one-year deal to become the new uh, right tackle for the Bengals. They still have some holes to fill there, but if they're able to start building up the line through free agency and hopefully next year in the draft, uh, it'll be good. Uh, Big Ben restructured his deal to come back for one more year. Uh, Melvin Ingram of Chargers fame has signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I know we don't really deal with defensive players, but I thought that was an interesting thing to be able to pair him Mm. up with TJ Watt and how that defense is going to be able to maybe get a few more possessions for Big Ben and company who was already pretty explosive last year. Uh, Rashard Higgins re-signed with Cleveland. I like to point that one out because I feel like he kind of gets overlooked, uh, but he was definitely starting to build rapport with uh, Baker after OBJ and went down with an injury. Uh, him and like Donovan People Jones, people that you don't really <laughs> pun there, uh, people that you don't really think of when you think of the uh, the Cleveland Browns. So it'll be interesting to see what his contribution will be. Is he going to be more of that wide receiver three slot position? Him and Jarvis competing there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, then also we have Sammy Watkins signed with Baltimore and then Gus Edwards re-signed with Baltimore, which as you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh and company love Gus Edwards. Um, so I think that's a oh, really yeah, good yeah. pick, a really good insurance pick, especially if J.K. Dobbins does not go off the first couple of games and things kind of seem shaky, bring Gus in there and be that consistent workhorse in the backfield. Gus Edwards is the reason J.K. Dobbins isn't a top, I think, 20 running back in my opinion and that's great like, yeah it's, it's Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson yeah but still like Gus Edwards is that like listen we can get into it when we get to Baltimore yeah yeah no absolutely <clears throat> all right sorry about that the coffee's kind of tickling the throat there okay all right so notable rookies we have of course uh the crown crown king himself Jamar Chase from Cincinnati yeah. uh and then we have Najee Harris oh looky there uh, rookie pick number two and number three, back to back, huh? Back to both. Um, <laughs> then we have uh, Pat Fryermuth from Pittsburgh. Uh, I was glad that we put that on there. You know, we kind of discussed that a little bit beforehand. Uh, but, you know, Pat's getting some uh, chatter going in the training camp. And so, you know, there may be some competition there. Maybe Mike Tomlin's thinking, you know what? I don't want to have the, the number two tight end uh, for drops starting in my lineup. Maybe I want to go with something <laughs> a little bit more dependable. Uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to keep an eye on that this year. He may be a really good sneaky pickup, uh, either in the uh, being able to pick him up. I think what is the second round uh, for the rookie drafts, and you then can probably to, get him in the second and third. Yeah, and then probably a waiver wire pickup for regular uh, drafts. Yeah, and then uh, we also have. Uh, Rashard Bateman going in the first round for Baltimore, and then Tylen Wallace of OSU fame uh, going in the fourth round also to Baltimore. So um, Baltimore picking up a few more uh, very tall and rangy uh, what catch radius, catch radius there range. Is. There you go. There you know where I was talking. Words um, are hard, and it's 930. 
It is. It's been a rough week of work, but that's beside the point. We're here trying to build content for everybody because we appreciate everyone who's been listening to us. And so, you know, adding both of them along with Sammy Watkins, it's going to be interesting to see what Baltimore has. So let's get right into it, Jacob. Projected records for 2021. All uh, right. You, you, you go first. You go first. I jumped in. Sorry. No, 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 no. You're, you're perfectly fine. Let's uh, let's start with who – let's start at the bottom and work our way up. So who do we have okay. finishing last? I have Cincinnati at 7-10. and 10. Okay. And that's, a, that, that's a good record for a fourth-place team in a division, 7-10. and 10. Yeah, absolutely. That's still probably a top 15 overall pick for them, which is going to be tremendous for Cincinnati as they continue to build that team. Uh, like I if, have them going six and 11. Yeah. Like if I'm with you, like for instance, next season, if they have an early ish first round pick, they're just looking at the best offensive lineman available. Cause they don't, they don't need a weapon yeah. with you Joe know. Mixon and, you know, T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Right. I mean, they, they don't, they don't need that. Defense is garbage, but you can fix that through the free agency if you wanted to. But, I mean, that right there is your top offensive lineman. Yeah, or they may end up using that pick into a bargaining ship, maybe trading for an offensive lineman very similar to kind of what Kansas City did this past year um, with uh, – Yeah. Shoot, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Orlando Brown. Yeah, Orlando Brown. From the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. So they may do something similar uh, like that if they don't like who the offensive linemen are that are coming out. But usually offensive linemen, you know, you choose the one from Wisconsin or or the the best (laughs) Pac-12 tackle. They're like, yeah, he started playing football because he was a basketball player till he was 18 and played one year of high school ball and went on to become an All-American at the the West Coast team of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it be Oregon or USC, pick one of the two that you're going to get an offensive tackle probably from Samoa. Just saying. (laughs) I mean, it's it's like clockwork. Sinapiel, wait, no, it's not. Yeah, it's Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. See, I, I said, said it backwards. Switched. I said it backwards. It's the morning. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, he he only gave up like one sack uh, this past year. So, I mean, just saying from a drafting perspective, that's definitely something to keep a lookout for. Oh, yeah. From a football perspective, the Cincinnati Bengals, like, I feel like they have – they could be potential fantasy, like, gold because you have Joe Mixon who's going to be most likely getting every single touch out of that backfield to yeah. the point of where, like – if he can stay healthy, he can genuinely see 350 touches. And that's oh, yeah. obscene. Like, that's just it's out, outrageous. <laughs> and if he gets 270 touches in total, I, I like. I think he could be a running back one with that amount of work. It's going to be exciting to watch. It's going to be great to watch. And then you go to the wide receivers. I mean, that's like the main meat of the conversation. It's who's going to step up. You have T. Higgins, who last season was the rookie, who I think he put up, was it 900 yards or it was like that. Yeah, yards, right? yeah, it was around 900 yards. Yeah, 900 yards. I think it was like five or seven touchdowns. Then they have Tyler Boyd on the other side, who's just Mister 1000. It seems like he always puts up right around a thousand yards with a higher catch catch amount than most, or within right. you know other players on his team. Then they add Jamar Chase, you know, the 105 for the draft, and so and he has that whole backdrop with Joe Burrow. So you're kind of asking yourself the questions of, as a dynasty manager, who are you buying into? Because, you know, Jamar Chase obviously has the hype. T. Higgins produced last year, and Tyler Boyd is just the forgotten man. He really is. And so I I think 
from that perspective, you just kind of have to ask how much are you willing to pay? If you're wanting to get into the, having a receiver that's attached to Joe Burrow, right? the cheapest route is obviously going to be Tyler Boyd because everyone thinks he's just going to be washed, not worth anything, and just, you know, out of the way because they have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase whenever I feel like he's going to be running still those routes from the slot and getting plenty of production with Joe Burrow. Because I remember – the thing is the first half of the year, Tyler Boyd was a top 20 wide receiver because of the reception, just like the steady Eddie production. Yeah. That he was yeah. Putting up. yeah. No, I, especially with Cincinnati, they're, they're a pass first team to be able to open up the run. Yeah. Um, and I think Tyler board is, is going to be extremely productive this year. Um, and especially being able to probably teach some things to T Higgins and, and Jamar being like, yeah, I know you guys were able to do this. Yeah. You may be a little bit more athletic, but this is how we do things in the NFL. Yeah. Or as spacing or, you know, being like, you know, how you're able to get open, how you're able to disguise your routes. Um, the thing that's interesting to me, and this kind of blows my mind. Do you realize that T Higgins, who was with Clemson and Jamar Chase, who was with LSU the last time Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow and T Higgins were all in the same field together before this training camp was the national championship game in 2019. Yep. That's crazy. That blows my mind. I'm always curious to see how those conversations go. Being like, "Yeah, you're a great competitor, man," but uh, yeah, I we, kicked your butt. <laughs> yeah, we kicked your butt that day. And for those of you that don't remember, T. Higgins, you know, got tossed from the game because he gave a blindside hit. Which, by the way, it was beautiful. It was amazing. <laughs> from from a pure like football crazy zany hit perspective, it was great. I understand why he got kicked out, but I'm just like, Dad, gummit, all these headhunters on Clemson. It's like, but I loved it. Okay, I hated it, <laughs> but I loved it. Because people were like, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. They were up 17 to seven, and then mm-hmm. T. Higgins gets kicked out. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> yeah, no, that, for that, real. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, so you have two national championship caliber players on both ends of, of your wide receiver core. Then you have Joe Mixon and Tyler board mixing up in the middle. It's going to be fun to watch this offense. Uh, an example that I would give is that this reminds me of like the Atlanta Hawks before they made the playoffs this year. You know, they were a really fun mm-hmm. team to watch. They, they scored a ridiculous amount of points, uh, but they had plenty of holes there. And I think that'll be the biggest thing for, for Cincinnati is being able to start building consistency because I think they're able to have like a tremendous quarter or two, but being able to build out a full game and having consistency for over 17 games is something that they're definitely going to start building. Um, which like I said, it's going to be fun to watch. A lot of points are going to be scored. It's going to be so much fun. Like that, that team. And plus I think from a football perspective, that team is a, it's in decent position. If the, I wish the defense was a little bit better because I feel like once that defense kind of catches up with the rest of their division, yeah. this, it's going to be like the big 12. I mean, everyone's going to beat everybody. It's going to be a, a dirty sloppy division. They're going to barely get into the playoffs, but yet, you know, the winner of the division and the wildcard team that inevitably comes from this division are going to be super tough outs in the playoffs. Yep. Okay. So moving to the third team in the division, Jacob, who do you have? Oh, this is where it kind of, you know, two roads diverge in a wood. Yeah. This one, I'm going to take in Pittsburgh going eight and nine. They're going to give me my third place team in this division. Okay. And it's, it's difficult for me because I'm, I can see the path to where Ben Roethlisberger throws for 5,000 yards with those three stud receivers. Yep. I can also see the path where he throws for 3,500 yards because he's got a noodle arm like he did in the back half of last season. Right. 
So that's my big thing. It's not with the defense. The defense isn't, isn't going to be the reason why that team loses games. It's going to be because the offense can't move the ball with an atrocious offensive line and grandpa throwing a pass. Three words, deer antler spray. Ray Lewis, 2012, and easy to go to the same doctor. And all of a sudden, it's going to be like, what the heck? Ben Roethlisberger out here just throwing rockets. Throwing darts, baby. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I agree with you. I have Pittsburgh as my third place team and I have them going 10 and seven. Um, I think they're still going to be in a playoff hunt, but they're not going to last year was just an anomaly. Them going 11 and 0. I understand there's a lot of Pittsburgh fans out there going like we were consistent, you know, and I'm sure Bruce is going to defend this being like, you know, this is Pittsburgh. We're a consistent, you know, top tier organization team, but yeah, but you have some veteran players on there and you need to kind of turn things over. You, you need to find a new QB. Yeah. Uh, I, and I agree. I think Ben Roethlisberger, he may be very much Jameis, Jameis Winston-esque. He may throw for 5,100 yards, but they're not making the playoffs. Uh, in my opinion, I have a little bit of a more optimistic lookout than you do at this point. Um, <clears throat> time will tell, you know, that offensive line is, is uh, decimated. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's listen for me. That's my biggest concern with this entire team. Yeah. Because even whenever it comes to like the fantasy outlook of players, so like Ben Roethlisberger, I think he is a guy who's who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame at one point in time. I mean, he probably won't get in the first, yeah. he won't get in the first round, probably one of the second or third one. <laughs> It'll probably be him, Eli, and Philip all going in the same year. Probably. But I'm sitting here and I look at this team and if the offensive line is much better, or is it just better than I'm thinking it's gonna be, this team could easily win this division. Yeah. Because I think they ha- would have you know, some of the best trio of wide receivers possibly in the NFL. You have a hopeful for, you know, one of the top running backs in the NFL. You have a quarterback who, yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's got a noodle arm. But at the same time, if he, you can give him enough protection, he'll get the ball down the field. Then you still have an, an elite tier defense. All those things mixed together, fantastic. But the thing is, is if your offense can't move the ball, it doesn't matter. Like you can't yeah. be the Baltimore Ravens or the New York Giants from the 2004 Super Bowl where Kerry Collins was – People throwing passes to he was throwing, I think it was like 18 passes a game. Yeah. And so I mean, you can't win like that in today's NFL. So that's my my biggest concern with that team is just that offensive line horrifies me. Yeah, no. And I mean, they had troubles with the offensive line last year. I mean, if you remember, that was the big talk going into December was that mm-hmm. they figured out, oh, they can't run the ball. You know, if if you can't convert third and twos, fourth and ones, you're not gonna be able to win the game. I'm nope, sorry. Like if you are going to be scared of it. Yeah. And, and your defense is going to get tired because you're not able to sustain drives. And and the group that was trying to help you prov- uh, uh, convert turnovers to be able to get touchdowns for Pittsburgh, they're now tired because you can't convert a third and two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 30 yards down the field. Yep. So yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I'm sorry, Bruce. I, I know you'll, you'll probably talk about it in the comments, but I'm, we're just not high on Pittsburgh this year. Sorry. Come at me, bro. Listen, uh, if the offensive line is good, they will. They probably can win the division without a blank. But I don't think that offensive line is going to be good. That that may be a good poll question today. Is it could be? Um, will Pittsburgh make the playoffs if the offensive line is? I don't yeah. know. We'll 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 we'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> so here's a, here's a quick question for you before we move on. Uh, of those three wide receivers, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Chase Claypool, who's you know? Mapletron, the down-the-field guy, would you rather Juju Smith-Schuster, more possession type, you know, we've seen him be the top wide receiver for, or would you rather have Deontay Johnson, who had, you know, copious amounts of targets and receptions last year? Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to be selfish because I already have him, Deontay Johnson. So I'm hoping <laughs> he does well. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent about the three of them. I, I feel like Chase Claypool. They, I feel like Ben gets into this thing where he doesn't spread the ball. He finds like his favorite target for like that month. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. It yeah. was like, Ooh, Juju is out. Okay. I'm going to throw four touchdowns to chase today. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to throw it to Deontay, uh, Deontay here in December because we can't move the ball because Juju is double covered and chase is double covered. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that that's kind of what's going on. So if they're able to figure out a better mix mixture of the three together, yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a top five wide receiver core, without a yeah, doubt. Definitely. And I, I feel like Juju is going to come out confident. He's playing for a new contract. Chase, I believe, is on there too. And it it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, so moving into our number two team in the division. Jacob, who do you have? Number two team for this division is, and this is where, once again, road diverges in a wood. It's yeah. Baltimore at 11 and six, which wow, obviously okay. means Cleveland's 12 and five and is my division winner. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So for me, I have Baltimore and Cleveland being tied with Cleveland winning the tiebreaker at 12 and five or 12 and six. Yeah, no, no, no. 12 and five. They're both, uh, I have them tied at 12 and five. It's, um, it's going to be a battle. This year, it's it's Lamar versus Baker. This is the year Baker needs to prove who he is as a QB, in my opinion. Yeah. Because if he if he's gives something similar to last year, it's going to be hard for Cleveland to give him a QB extension, in my opinion. And that's coming from an OU homer. I'm just I'm being sure. honest with the assessment. I agree he's helped turn around the team, but that's because his salary cap has been lower comparatively to other franchise QBs, quote unquote, and they've been able to sign talent around him. I'm curious to see what's going to happen when you can't sign that nickel cornerback, when you can't re-sign your second wide receiver. Because if Baker gets that money, that is what is going to happen. You're not going to be able to keep Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in your backfield. So, you know, this is is the year, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, you got to prove it, you know. So we'll see what happens. I I think my thing, so like, my thing with Cleveland is I feel like they have the defense that can compete with anybody. Yes. I feel like they're healthy. Yeah. And I feel like their offense is going to be better than anyone else in this division because of the, the amount of balance they can bring. Right. Because you'll have Baker Mayfield who, if he can limit turnovers, kind of like last year, he wasn't bad. Like last year was solid. If he can he limit still the had turnovers, some boneheaded turnovers that I was just Baker like, Mayfield. what is he he's, doing? He's always going to do that. He's got a little bit of that Brent Favre <laughs> in him to where he's going to say, you know what? I think I can make it through that window. Sometimes I know, he but he needs to he realize can. he's not Brett Favre. He runs a four nine and you have a defensive end who runs a four <laughs> six. And I'm tired of all of his running around. I get that's part of his DNA. That's what he did at OU. But I'm sorry. This isn't a big 12 defense that you're going <laughs> against. It's the AFC North. You're throwing into the win. This is the reason you have boneheaded turn. Sorry, sorry. No, no, you're I'll, good. I'll, I'll, no, I'm you're just, good. I'm getting upset because he frustrates the heck out of me and I love <laughs> watching him play. And it becomes harder and harder every year to defend the guy because he keeps doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Like, And I understand, like, and I agree. He makes some stupid mistakes, but I feel like he ha- he needs to take the Ryan Tannehill role of, you know, Ryan Tannehill is not the most prolific quarterback in the world. Right. He gets the job done. He gets he throws passes 10, 15 yards down the field to the open receiver, not necessarily trying to make a big play every time. 
Right. And, you know, for me, for that team, that's what they need. They have one of the best offensive lines. They have the, probably the best running back duo in the backfield with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Right. And wide receivers, like the biggest question mark on offense is wide receivers where you have an aging Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, but then they have Donovan Peoples-Jones and they have Rashad Higgins. It's like they don't necessarily have the amazing cast of receivers, but this offense's identity is built around, I'm going to run the ball down your throat with a guy who is able to run the ball down your throat. Right. And it's going to happen. Our defense is going to stop you. And think about this. Last year, they were missing their top corners, I think. Like Greedy Williams. Yes. He was, he was injured. Yeah. And I can't think of Denzel other Ward and everybody else. Yeah. And so, and even Denzel Ward was in and out with ankle injuries. Yeah. So I'm looking at this team and I said, they are complete from top to bottom. What the biggest question is who's going to be step up in the wide receiver room? Meanwhile, for me with Baltimore, you have a team that's, you know, your top wide receivers in Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown. Sammy Watkins is now even injured. They're already out on with a quarterback who's very questionable on throwing the ball. We've already been through this. If you want to hear any of Lamar hate, just tune into any of the other previous episodes. Any honestly. of the other previous 28 episodes, there is yeah, a, a Lamar it's, section. It's, in each it, it's always there. <laughs> but, and so like you have that happening and you have them, they're saying, yeah, like we're going to run the ball. That's our identity. But yet they just traded away an all pro left tackle because of, he was unhappy with his contract situation. That's a situation that I think is going to be overlooked. I think that's going to cause more problems in Baltimore than they kind of think. Because, yes, they still have a great defense. They Their wide receivers are honestly bottom four in the league. Like, And that's probably spot giving them three spots. Right. Running backs are fantastic. But at the same time, if you know who's going to be scared of you throwing the ball if they know a quarterback who has a terrible completion percentage, not terrible completion percentage, he's not an accurate quarterback, it's hard for him to hit, you know, those routes that's that's not just chucking the ball straight down the field. And it's and so they're going to be able to lock him down. They're going to be able to set there and say, J.K. Dobbins, you're not going to be able to run the ball because we can put seven guys in the box and say, go for it. Gus Edwards, same thing. Lamar Jackson, like, I want you to pass the ball on me because you can't. And so I think the defenses are going to be able to stack the box against the run, look at Lamar and say, beat us through the air, and then we'll maybe change something. And so that's why I think that's the detriment of that team. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, when you think of Baltimore, it's Lamar and everybody else. It's, it's not the, uh, the X's and O's it's the L's and the O's. Um, yeah. it, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, and it's not like I'm hating on them. I have them going 11 and six. So, I mean, right. It's not no, like they're I, gonna be bad. I, yeah. And I have them going 12 and five. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be competing, but yeah, both QBs, if they want to be able to excel more so in the playoffs, they're going to have to change some things fundamentally about them oh, that yeah. uh, Baker needs to realize he can't make every play and Lamar needs to start trusting his players because he does make every play. Yeah, <laughs> if, like, if that makes sense. <laughs> and I know that I am a Lamar Jackson, just like doubter, but I mean, here's just, you know, a quick pre- preview. Like I have him as my top quarterback from this division still. Okay. Right. I'm not, so, I'm not such a hater that like I'm blind to it. Like I understand he is a yeah. great talent, great athlete, but I just think that he is, his limitations will be evident this year. And like we said earlier, it's like the reason why the former MVP and, you know, the former, you know, guy who broke all the records hasn't already signed a massive contract extension is because they want to see what happens because they're not going to spend copious amounts of cash with a guy you can't throw the ball. Right. I wonder now this is an interesting example. I feel like he, he is very similar in the, Oh, I have a lot of NBA analogies today. 
I compare him to Derek Rose, you know, Derek, you know, he won that MVP early on and it was like the bulls against the Miami heat with the, the heatles there. And I feel yeah. like it's, it's very similar to that. And then, you know, he had that huge string of injuries. Well, what's going on with Lamar. He won that MVP early. He was the darling of the league. He's winning games left and right, but he's had some injuries here and there. I, and you know, whether people want to talk about it or not, he's had COVID for the second time. I don't know what that does to an individual, but yeah. um you know, he did have some lingering symptoms last year, very similar to Cam Newton, and it's definitely something that's here. Yeah, so it's I'm 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 rooting for Lamar. I yeah. think he can be a top ten potential uh, QB because he can make those schoolyard plays. Um, but yeah, defenses are keying in, and I'm curious to see what the defensive package are going to be. And let me correct something you said last episode, okay? I don't fully believe he's going to be a backup in two years. I think there is a chance he can be a backup in two years. Okay. Okay. Like I would put it probably (laughs) like, you know, it's like a 40, like 30 to 40% chance of that happening just because I think once, like if, for instance, if they don't win or push for a title this year, the one big thing that everybody knows that has to change is no one's scared of their passing attack. And that's why when it comes to like fantasy football, yeah, no one like none of the receivers are going, I think, in the top 100 in redraft mm-hmm. ADP. It's because no. nobody wants them. It's Mark Andrews and everybody else. L- legitimately, like there's yeah. no one else that's going to catch a pass as of right now. That's ADP wise that they're going for. And so that's why I think like it's this year or after that. I mean, that's to put this it. to put this into perspective, Marquise Brown, he was their number one wide receiver last year. And I think he had like 900 yards. He had less yardage and touchdowns than T Higgins. Yep. Just, just to put that into perspective, everybody. And you know, they still won a ton of games. Yeah. And so So, it's, it's one of those things, but like the NFL is constantly adapting, constantly changing. And I don't know, like I, I just have that one, that sneaky suspicion, that little, I see trends unfolding and I can identify it with Lamar. And I feel like if he doesn't take that next step as a passer, that right. he's going to be a backup or he's going to be relegated to special packages in a couple of years. I think NFL success is like cooking your eggs. You can either have it oh, as wow. an omelet, you can have it scrambled, fried, over easy. There's a lot of different ways to win in the NFL. And uh, I think Cleveland and Baltimore are in even Pittsburgh. I mean, this division in general is, yeah. is an exemplary of how you can win in the NFL in so many different ways. Definitely. All righty. Well, let's move into our best projected fantasy QB running back wide receiver. And of course, tight end. All right, Jacob, let's start with your QB. Oh, wow. quarterback. Yeah, no, it's Lamar Jackson. Like I, I said it a second ago, like I'm, I am a Lamar Jackson hater and a Lamar Jackson doubter, but I firmly believe that he will still be the best quarterback from this division. Doesn't mean he's going to be top 10. He might be number 14, but that, that's, that, that's as far as it gets for me. So um, I chose with my heart, probably not with my head. Uh, I picked Baker. Um, <laughs> I still believe in Baker, and I think for them to be able to win the division, it's gonna. he's definitely going to be a huge proponent of that. And he needs to throw for more than 3,500 yards, and he needs yep. to throw for probably over 30 touchdowns. He was 25 or 28 and 8, I think, last year. If he does 31 and 5 this year, it'll be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson needs to throw for more than 3,000 yards because last year he had 2,756. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, right. okay? If, and, if he, I yeah. mean, he's – uh, listen, 
I've been through this hundreds of times. I promise I'm rooting for his success, but I see trends and I don't think it's happening. I hope right. he proves me wrong. All righty. So moving into our running backs, um, I once again chose with my heart just because I just uh, drafted him. Najee Harris from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I hope Najee has a terrific year and goes off. I chose Lamar Jackson. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but really, no. I chose Nick Chubb just because I feel like that team is rammed through Nick Chubb and his that Cleveland oh, yeah. success is determined on the legs of Nick Chubb because whenever he's going crazy, that team is hard to beat. And with that yeah. offensive line in front of him, oh my good God, good luck. Like imagine <laughs> Derrick Henry with that offensive line. Oh, you're buddy. getting like glimpses of that when you see Nick Chubb run. And, and Nick just like comes out, you just hear a tiger roaring. As he's running through, no, literally, like that's that's all it is. I mean, it's it's a scary sight to see. I mean, I would love it as if I was a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm like, that's that's that. I appreciate this. This guy, yeah, I've <laughs> learned to uh, appreciate Nick Chubb, even though I despised him as someone that was at that Rose Bowl game yeah. watching Georgia gash the paper tiger known as the OU defense. Uh, so it's been fun to watch uh, Nick Chubb the last couple of years. I I agree, Nick Chubb is going to have a terrific year. I think it's going to be him and Najee. Uh, competing for that number one yep. spot there in the division. All righty. So Jacob, who do you have as your number one wide receiver? I actually chose Deontay Johnson just because I feel like Ben Roethlisberger won't necessarily be able to take the deep shots with Chase Claypool as consistently as Chase would need to be like in this spot in our breakouts mm-hmm. or in our, you know, our projected picks. So, I mean, I think Deontay Johnson, who last year was a target hog, he was averaging, I think it was right around 10 targets every time he was on the field. And that's yeah. with him dropping passes. Yeah, like, that's let's, let's just let that sink in. So, I don't <laughs> think Ben's, I don't think Ben's going to change that too much. Yeah, no. Uh, and I actually hope that works out because I have him in the, uh, the OG league. So if, uh, if that ends up happening, I'm doing real good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have stick to my guns once again, picking with my heart, probably not with my head. I'm picking Jamar chase to be my number one wide receiver out of the AFC North. I have I'm to stay okay consistent it. on, <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. And if yeah. I don't see it in a Jamar chase Jersey by October, so help me <laughs> anyways. Um, <laughs> Or, or potentially a Bengals tattoo on your left arm, just up Maybe. here. I'll just put Jamar right across my chest. <laughs> so I'll be at the beach. People are like, oh, your name is Jamar. I'm like, no, it's Jacob. Why would you, why would you think my name is Jamar? Come on. Jamar, no regrets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Jamar Chase is going to have a breakout year. And I understand we, you know, you're talking about the three jobs there. It's preseason. Uh, to yeah. put this in, like I said, in the last week's or Monday's episode, or sorry, Thursday's episode, you know, you can have a team go 4-0 in, in the um, preseason and then go 0-16. Preseason is preseason. I mean, I'd rather him make mistakes yeah. in the preseason than in the, in the regular season. 100%. I agree. All righty. So moving into our top tight end, Jacob, who do you yeah. have? We, we both have Mark Andrews. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no contest. Like, he's Lamar Jackson's, you know, safety blankets. He is Lamar Jackson's like probably cuddle buddy. Whenever he gets a little nervous in the pocket, oh, yeah. he just says, Oh, there's a six foot six tight end in the middle of the field. Let me throw it 10 feet in the air. And I know he's going to catch it. Right. I feel like Mark Andrews is our generation's Jace with Jason Winton. He's hey, just, no. that's he's a big just, claim. Well, he's always open. And to my knowledge, he hasn't been injured. Um, so I, I mean, if he continues this for the next 
12 years or so, he'll definitely be pushing for those numbers. Now, I, I agree. He's he's not to the echelons yet of Jason Witten just yet. Uh, but if he continues to being the number one option for the Baltimore Ravens, he, he can definitely get there. But uh, yeah. I agree. He's he's just a nice little safety blanket uh, in the words he's of not, the peanuts. He's, he's the blanket to, to Linus. Listen, he's or, not or little. Mars Linus. Know, he's not little. Yeah, he's, he's a six big, five. He's, he's a, a big, big man. He's a, he's a big cozy blanket. <laughs> <laughs> you just wrap your arms around. And you're just like, ah, this is a nice blanket. He's gonna. He's... <laughs> Mark Andrews, comfort. Ten receptions, sixty-five yards, and two TDs. Yep. All righty. Just just like that. Drinking a cup. Ooh. Careful, SpongeBob. Sorry, there. But... Technical difficulties. We're <clears throat> good. We'll move on to breakouts. Uh, while you while you fix that, my breakout's actually Baker Mayfield. Because I like to, I, I like to well, hear that. Because Thanks, I feel sir. like he's finally taking those steps of maturity. I feel like this is year he kind of puts it together and he recognizes, like, I'm not force feeding it to Odell Beckham. I'm going to spread the love, and I think that he's going to have a very Ryan Tannehill esque like you know season. And so I think he's going to be very consistent. Not necessarily have boom games, but I think he's going to be an absolutely steady Eddie, putting up a constant twenty fantasy points a game, and just you're going to roll with it and you're going to be fine with it. So there was some breaking news that came out. Um, there was a fight yesterday between the uh, or two days ago uh, between yeah. the Cleveland Browns and the Giants. What is it with the Giants beating up on everybody? They're like, They're, if you can't win in the game, we're gonna you know beat the crap out of you in practice. Well, it's because they're getting beat up. Every week, week in, week out, the, all the media is harping on how the Giants is garbage. Well, they, <laughs> they are. are. See, I mean, look. <laughs> Even though we said in the you know the NFC East preview, we're like, if Daniel Jones isn't an idiot, they can win eight games, and it's not hard to see. Yeah. But, no, I decided I would throw that in there. So it's it's good to see things are getting heating up out there. But, yeah, Troy Hill and Sterling Shepard were in a fight. Um, but most of the players are resting for the, uh, the Giants game. So, yeah, once again, uh, seems like right now death taxes, Giants fighting on the practice field. Um, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, my breakout player is uh, Jamar Chase. Um, I have to continue staying on point like a politician. I've been saying it for several months now, but Jamar Chase, he's going to have a breakout year. He's going to be a I great rookie. Right. I do too, because I have a lot of equity rolled up into this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would say I have more because I have him on my team. Ooh. Wow. Wow. There was okay. the door. You opened it. I pushed you through. <laughs> You didn't push me. You kicked me through. You're welcome. <laughs> You're like, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, let's recap real quick. So uh, we have the uh, Cleveland Browns winning the division. Then we have Baltimore finishing second. Uh, I have them at 12 and five. Jacob has them as 11 and six Pittsburgh finishing third. I have them at 10 and seven. Jacob has them at eight and nine. And then we both have Cincinnati finishing fourth improving from last year, but still being a, uh, you know, far, far from being anywhere competitive in the top three. I have them finishing Brighter six and 11 coming. and you have them at seven and 10. Brighter days are coming Cincinnati. Get yeah. that offensive line in shape and get that defense up. And I think that you could be a contender in a couple of years. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And especially with things going on with Pittsburgh, there's going to be a giant void there. Yeah, they're about to tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then for our uh, fantasy picks, we have um, – I have Baker Mayfield as my QB. 
Najee Harris as my running back, Jamar Chase as my wide receiver, and then, of course, Mark Andrews as my tight end. Jacob, who are your picks? My picks for quarterback is Lamar Jackson. My pick for running back is Lamar Jackson. Oh, wait, I did it again. (laughs) It's Nick Chubb of Cleveland. My wide receiver is Deontay Johnson. My tight end is Mark Andrews, and my breakout's Baker Mayfield. And my offensive breakout player of the year is Jamar Chase. Um, I think we need to make t-shirts. Remember how, when Denard Robinson was playing for the Jacksonville Jacksonville. Jaguars and they put him as an OW offensive weapon. I think we need to make a t-shirt that says, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson, (laughs) OW, and then on the back (laughs) offensive weapon. (laughs) Then, but on mine, can we put an asterisk? (laughs) (laughs) I got to keep true to my brand. Yeah. Yeah. The the Lamar hater aid is here, but. We still, we still love you, Lamar. We, we think you're going to be a terrific player this year, and it's going to be fun to watch Baltimore. I mostly believe in you. All righty. Well, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been listening to us. We appreciate everyone who is uh, listening, wherever you may be listening to us. Please rate and review us a five-star rating. Please subscribe, and you can listen to us at Anchor Podcast Breaker. Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Jacob, can you tell the fine folks where they can send in a tweet and or email? You can send us a tweet with all those delicious cake recipes or, you know, Dynasty Fantasy Football questions uh, to Misfit underscore F. Wait, yeah, Misfit underscore FF on Twitter. Sorry, blacked out for a second. Or if you want to keep your, you know, family cake recipes a secret and just share it with Taylor and I so we can enjoy it for ourselves. You can send us an email at v.misfit.ff at gmail.com. And if you add us with any question, whether it be trade-related, roster-related, commissioner questions, anything like that, we'll happily help to the best of our abilities. All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we say goodbye for now, but we'll see you again soon. Adios, and I hope you're right about Jamar Chase because he's on my roster. (laughs) (sighs) Adios, everyone. Have a great day.